Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, I'd just like to welcome everybody to the uh, Go Big Redcast. And for any of our Michigan uh, spies watching, don't worry. It's all streaming live on YouTube. You don't have to film a thing. I don't have anybody in the back of my room like getting secret footage of any sort, Boomer. Are you sure? Well, as far as you know, right? So just check <laughs> the memos later. So. It's it's, it's the Michigan or the Chinese, you know, you can't trust either one of them, really. I tell you. Okay, so Redcast Rob. Well, we are four and one in our last five games, and I'm going to Disneyland. (laughs) No, really, I'm actually leaving for Disneyland tomorrow on a family vacation. Oh, awesome. All right. You're literally going to Disneyland. Not just going to Disneyland. And we are four and one in our last five games. So, I mean. Okay. All right. I thought maybe that was the justifying circumstance. I mean, mean, let's just say it is. All right. That sounds good. Also at the Redcast Strong, Talon. We're off to our best start since 2016. So, uh, I'm enjoying uh, the first seven games of the season so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, And we went 7-0 in 2016. And we were not very happy how that season ended. But, you know, I would take two out of the last five because I would get a six this time around. Right, guys? Absolutely. I mean, even though we are going to go nine and three, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, everything's on the table, Rob. You know, and there's there's no one on the schedule that exactly scares anyone. Training Um, table, too. We we can uh, lose all five or we could beat all five. Um, But that's pretty much the case with the entire uh, menagerie of the Big Ten West. So uh, maybe we'll uh, talk about that a little bit uh, before we get into the the betcast. But uh, would love to hear your thoughts on uh, what went right and wrong on each side of the ball um, against the Wildcats in Northwestern. Uh, so let's start with uh, the scoring explosion. That's where we talk all things Husker offense. And, um, well, there's, once again, not a lot out there, Boomer, that is uh, that exciting. But bottom line is we keep on scoring more points than our opponents. And, uh, and, um, and it helps. Seven, yeah. yeah, that's that's the name of the game, right? Um, yeah. And we hit 17. So how did we hit 17, <laughs> Boomer? <laughs> well, somehow. But, uh, you know, a lot of it was just finding ways to make something happen, you know, whether it's a field goal, you know, and a nice actual little pass to Malachi Coleman. I'm sure Rob will, you know, happily probably retrace that entire play, you know, from the very beginning snap to the actual touchdown. You know, it was a nice, uh, nice play from the past, you know, setting it up with option runs and having that belly option pass. So, 
kind yeah. of thing we've seen for I don't know how many decades as Husker fans, and you know, pulled it out of the bag of tricks. So yeah, yeah, they're finding ways to score. They're not always pretty, and you know, there are issues with the offense. And Husker Twitter was more than happy to point some of those out over this last week, and you know, getting kind of ugly. But uh, right now, you just keep winning. We're not quite to Iowa levels of ugliness winning, but uh, or not winning, as the case may be on a given week. This now, but uh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, plays are there. There's just things that need to be fixed and tightened up. Like, even the opening pass, I mean, it wasn't a great – that that was thrown for an interception. I mean, it was a bad read, not a great throw. But there were guys open. It was just yeah, the execution yeah. wasn't there. So that's that's yep. kind of been the, the theme for a lot of this year. So Yeah, yeah. Let, so let's it can work. There. It's just not being executed. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to Rob and, and the Malachi catch uh, here in a little bit. But let's let's talk about the, the first half a little bit and uh, – Boomer, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the first play of the game, INT, uh, he has has open receivers there, and, and Heinrich Harper just doesn't doesn't find them, um, forcing it in, into Fedoni a little bit. Second INT again to Fedoni, this time maybe a little bit more on Fedoni's fault, but it wasn't a great, great throwing ball either. Um, end of the day, though, I mean, all the Big Ten West teams are have, have their, their issues, and, and ours are just as apparent as anyone else's, right, Talon? So, um, you know, what, what's your take on how this offense can maybe, considering all the injuries we now have experienced, um, can can keep getting 17 to 20 points a game? Well, I think you got to take the positive out. Emmett Johnson played a good game. Heinrich's able to run the ball still. If we do have open receivers, it's just can Heinrich make those reads, make the right pass, and maybe stop forcing it into Fedoni. I feel like he's done that a couple of times this year where he's yeah. – Relying too much on that on that connection with his tight end, and it's just not working out well. He doesn't have the greatest throwing motion. We've seen that, you know, through his five starts now. So I think it's we have to rely on the run game. I like what I see from Emmett Johnson. Um, you know, Grant only got six carries, but I think as practice goes on, he's going to get more carries. They like what he does. He just needs to stop bumbling the ball. I think um, we're going to be able to score points with our run game, and I don't, you know, we're going to throw it maybe seventeen to twenty. 20 times a game and that's that's just fine yeah you know rob i mean you know harburg is clearly not a perfect quarterback he's only started five games though uh he has had moments where you see his arm strength and you know his decision making uh, can get better uh Tyler just mentioned uh that throwing motion which there's a reason you're inaccurate right i mean you, you watched a lot of nfl rob uh, you've watched Lost a lot of Raiders quarterbacks that have been inaccurate there over time, but some of your best quarterbacks, like Derek Carr, when he was there, very accurate, classic uh, draft back quarterback with a big arm and and really good um, foundation and technique. Uh, Hartwig can can get better at that. I, will he be able to be good enough to to continue as the Nebraska starting quarterback in years to come? I don't know, but that's that's for the offseason, right? We need to figure out how to get uh, two more wins out of these next five. And it seems like it's going to be Harburg under the the center. Yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed too, and, and, you know, I'm not going to put it all on Harburg at that too. And, and, you know, Honky has said this and he's not here right now, but you know, a lot of it has to do with the game plan, right? The, the, the interceptions are coming on scripted plays. We're still in like the first like 20 plays or so. Um, why we're dropping back to pass on the first play of the game when, you know, Harburg has strengths and, you know, sometimes people run the pass to set up the run and other times people, you know, run to set up the pass. Sure. And we're a team that cannot afford to pass to set up the run. We just need because that's 
we, I, I will say something, and I'll even quote Dion today when he was talking about the Michigan stealing play, stealing signs thing. What he yeah. said was, look, man, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you can hand them the entire playbook. You still have to run the plays, and football's different because if you're bigger, better, stronger, and faster, you're still going to be able to run those plays. I mean, Mark Schlereth from the Denver Broncos used to, and when he was playing for Washington and Denver, used to literally tell the guy across from him, this is what we're running, and we're running it right at you. And then they would run the ball for 5, 10 yards every single time with Terrell Davis, right? So, I mean, I now, do we have those types of offensive linemen? No, but I'm, the point is – is that if you're gonna if your strength is running the ball, run the damn ball, right? And then yeah. set it up for the pass, which is what we did in the second half. We don't even have to go there because you guys have made fun of me for my love of Malachi too too many times already tonight. <laughs> no, but, no, I'm looking but, forward to we're waiting, the, uh, we're holding that back though, Rob. I want we are, but, but I mean, but my but my point is is that Harvard can be very serviceable, but the game plan has to be like constructed to his strengths, and I don't feel like they've done that in those scripted plays yet. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, that this is a, a good debate. Uh, it, those are scripted plays. Let's let's all. It's obvious. Almost everybody in college football, even in NFL, you script your first drive or two, first 10, 15 plays, 20, 20, 20 plays sometimes, right? Yeah, 25, yeah. And so it's interesting. They clearly intentionally came out with that play, um, and obviously they had confidence with Heinrich Harburg to make that throw. Now it, it's interesting. Maybe Northwestern ended up showing something slightly different. I don't, I don't know Boomer, but there was clearly wide open uh, receivers on that play. It just wasn't necessarily Fedoni and, and he wasn't accurate even with that throw. Right. But I guess my point here on this one is that they came out in an odd front. <laughs> yeah. Robert, <laughs> stick with me here for a second. No, is that they clearly trusted Harper for that throw because they had been practicing it all week. Right. They'd seen him make the throw many times probably. Right. So they're like, if we're going to run this, we're going to run it early when we have full confidence he can make that throw. I've seen him throw it, you know, a hundred times in practice. Um, and, and, you know, you hear all these talks about should they put Jeff Sims back in, all this type of stuff. And and I'm like, look, if either Jeff Sims or Trevor Purdy was, was, is playing better in practice, I, I at this point, I don't really think that Rule is going to play favorites with anyone, right? If he really thinks that those guys are significantly better than Heinrich Harburg, they would probably get the start, right? But I don't think that's the case. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, as a young quarterback, Boomer, you, 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 the, the mental reps, the physical reps in practice are different than when you go out in front of 85,000 people, right? Well, sure. I mean, that's true. We got any position, whether it's quarterback, kicker, punter, you know, lineman, you know, jumping off sides, anything like that. Yeah, it's very different than a game, you know, scenario like that. Um, and and I, I'd have to agree with you. I would think if Purdy or Sims were noticeably better, they would have made that switch yeah. by now. And, and it's certainly possible that just with the depleted state of the the, the offensive roster that maybe you're just so limited to what you have, maybe Harburg is the best fit for the pieces that are left. You know, it's possible that, you know, that's just – you've drawn a game plan up. It fits kind of what Harburg does with who's left on the field. And well, that is your best bet at this point. Cause uh, like I said, we're going to be playing eight man ball by the time, you know, Iowa rolls yeah. around. So this could be, uh, so, yeah. Let's run through those, those injuries really quick to make sure I've got them straight in my head. So we lost Billy Kemp. Correct. Um, is for he a couple of weeks? No, for a couple weeks. He's got an yeah. MCL okay. sprain. I think is what they said. Sprain or strain. I can't remember which right. one of the terms they use. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, then we also lost in this game Piper. Uh, Noelli and Piper. Yeah. Piper for the season, Noelli f- for uh, a couple of games, and we also yeah, he, lost. He had a he had a procedure yesterday or the day before that right. will be out like two weeks, I think they said. Okay. And we yeah. lost and Corcoran. Corcoran too. Yeah, Corcoran had a foot surgery, I think. Three offensive linemen in one one game. Nope. Next yeah, one man game. up. Next yeah. man up. Well, there's not many next men left. <laughs> That's the problem. I don't know. There's, uh, Talon, I mean, the offensive line is thin. Ben Scott went to the tent. He came out, and he's okay. apparently healthy enough to, to play. So He, might he was only out for like a play or two. He wasn't yeah. out for very many I at all. I to watch it on my phone going up to Omaha, so I, I didn't see everything as I wanted to. So I, I saw him go in, and then I didn't see him come out. So I was I was just wondering what was going on there. Yeah, yeah. He, he just – it looked like maybe he had, like, a quick ankle issue. They taped him up probably and then sent him back out. Because, I mean, if Scott goes down, then what, Evan Jenkins is our backup center, and he's, what, slotted to play back, you know, guard now. So, I mean, it's – Yeah. There's not if a whole lose... lot left in terms of experience or at least – age on the line if anybody gets hurt dinged up has to sit out for a little while it's it's gonna be patchwork i mean you're almost down to playing freshman i think at the line yeah yeah well i'm now making a trip some... to lincoln so i can play this weekend too there you go. That'll be fair. Yeah. <laughs> rob still has eligibility left I, I um i mean prohaska is now gonna be thrown into the fire i mean he's he's struggled a bit this year he's also trying to get back from that that uh knee surgery and and that's affected his mobility maybe it's time to just you know rip that off and see what happens. Utofsky is someone that's been been people high on for for years now, um, and he'll have a chance to shine. I think it's it is an opportunity. And um, Evans Jenkins is also someone they're pretty high on. Uh, so I mean, you know, I guess if you want to try to spin it optimistically, a you're getting lots of reps uh, for these guys for next year, and uh, and maybe they they show something that uh, they haven't been able to show. Um, yet this year, so yeah. Um, is that Brewmaster Bill? Um, I had a had a note about uh, the two interceptions being a post bye week jitters. Um, it, it did seem like he he was jitters, and it seems like that's the case kind of with several several games with Harburg that he gets better as he goes, right, Talon? And by the fourth quarter, he, he seems um, far more in control of the offense. Yeah, it's kind of weird because you would think in those scripted plays he would feel the most comfortable. Wouldn't that be those 20 plays that your your quarterback's the most comfortable? And it kind of reminds me of the Michigan game a little where we come out with, with five wide and, and throw it on, I think, the second play of the game. It's just odd. You know, we're supposed to be this running team, downhill running team, and, and we come out in two different games this year, and we're like, oh, let's let's throw it around the yard and see what happens, and those plays end up in interceptions. It's it's weird. I, I don't. I think. Yeah, no. Sad- note to Satterfield: You're not fooling anybody, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> including yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Maybe, no. Maybe it's Satterfield We're trying to make pass happen. Sorry. Maybe it's just Satterfield trying to get back to what he wants to do in his philosophy of his game plan because he's a. I think he is more of a pass first kind of guy. You've seen it. You know where he went to South Carolina. That's yeah. Do. And maybe that's what he's trying to force on the Harburg. And it's like, I think we've seen it enough in five starts that we're not that team. Maybe let's just stick to what we're good at. And, and, and the scripted plays, stop trying to get out of our comfort zone. Let's let's go down on the first on the first drive of the game and, and put some points up because 
you know, we're just lucky that Northwestern's offense, our defense played well enough, but we're lucky that Northwestern's offense isn't as good as, you know, Michigan or these other, other schools that, you know, will put up three, seven points and go up early when, when really we should just be trying to get our, our quarterback as comfortable as, po- uh, as possible in that first quarter. Well, Northwestern's never been that offense either right. so, yeah. Yeah. in fairness yeah. nobody else in the big 10 west is yeah i was gonna say nobody in the big 10 west is yeah, yeah. northwestern's offense has we scored 17 fast. points and we were the highest scoring team in the west last week i just wanted to <laughs> all right no so no we, no. we illinois, are the offensive juggernaut illinois and wisconsin both scored more points than us right? oh it was yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I good good joke though i mean the, the, the big 10 west's um is is questionable at offense at, at all scales so um, yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where, you know, another good offseason topic is Marcus Satterfield. I mean, like to Fallon's point, I mean, at South Carolina, he was running a, a definitely a different offense than this and one more based around Spencer Rattler. It wasn't that they didn't run the ball, but um, definitely a quarterback focus. Um, we don't have Spencer Rattler running this offense and Matt Rule says he wants to be a, a run heavy offense. I don't I don't know why Marcus Satterfield was the pick in the first place. Um, he he obviously is, has a limited cast of characters this year, uh, but it, next year and years after this, he won't get as, as much grace from the fan base, I think. And so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over time. That's for certain. But I think we'll be heavy in the transfer portal um, to, to uh, you know change the profile of this offense in, in short order. So, All right, guys, anything else on offense before we want to throw the bones? Oh, we don't get to talk about Malachi's touchdown? Oh, that's right, Rob. Let's talk about that. So, um, obviously, we uh, took the lead at halftime uh, with a good drive there. Harburg finally settled down, went up 10-6. Um, like a 10 and, um, five and then, yard drive or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then a, um, a situation where we get a short field, and um, we, we went for it right away. Right, Rob? Yeah, Walk us through I mean, the play. Well, I mean, it was obviously it was all set up by the run and then, the, the, you know, they it was a nice like option pass and they just and I mean, OK, so, OK, the pass was beautiful because it was dropped exactly where it could be. It was the only the only was person who was going to catch it was Malachi. If, if it wasn't caught, nobody was catching it. Right. So yep. that was beautiful. And I don't even want to talk about that. What I want to talk about on that play is how after the handoff, the the defensive line didn't even bite as much as you thought they would have. There was a couple guys that stepped up in the second, in the, in, on the second level there, a couple of linebackers kind of came forward, which really allowed the first, the first cornerback. Uh, I think he let Malachi go right by thinking, you know, figuring the safety was going to cover him. And I think the safety was a little bit surprised that he was let go that early in the route. And, you know, but the thing that impressed me the most, and if you watch it and you stop it right before Harburg throws that ball, the pocket, that is around him. I mean, he had probably a good three seconds to throw that ball standing in the pocket, saw Malachi wide open, realized he had him on the inside, threw the ball as hard as he could, dropped it right at the back of the end zone in the middle of the field. Right. I mean, and, and Malachi was the only person there, but it was just, it was just set up so beautifully by what we do well on offense, which is the run and the option run. And everyone expected that to happen at that point. And then, 
boom, we just, that was something. And that's how we should be passing the ball right there. I mean, yeah, no, maybe some jump offs. To, yeah. You know, and, and I'm not even mad at the play selections for the tight end passes, but those need to be set up. As I said before, those need to be the mm-hmm. plays that we set up for those passes. We don't need to be setting up the run with those passes. So, yeah. but I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I, I do talk to Malachi's parents quite a bit, right? Like we have a little text chain together and, and we talk about the games and things like that. And, and I was like tears of joy. Like I was so happy because just everything that that kid's gone through from like the social media scrutiny to, you know, just everything that he's gone through in life to get to the point to where he's at right now as a true freshman, you know, he was on campus early in the spring doing everything he could to work hard. You know, all, all signs indicate that he is just like a a really good human being with his fly, like fly, like Kai foundation that he's got for foster children, all of that. And then to see that on that stage at that time, you know, to kind of put the game away at that point, essentially, um, tell me a better feel good story out there on the field right now, you know, and, and all of our points were scored by Nebraska natives this week, which is super cool. I mean, it's every single point was scored by a Nebraska native this week. It was Harburg running it in Malachi catching the touchdown Alvano kicking the field goal. Right. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, let, I'm just staying positive about it all. Right. I mean, we are four and one in our last five games and just, all of that. And that just put the icing on the cake for me. I've been waiting for it all season. I've been so excited to see it happen. And I mean, I was, holy cow. I, I cussed on Twitter. Like I didn't even put, <laughs> I didn't even put like asterisks or anything like that in there. I literally typed out the words like, holy yeah, bleep, yeah. bleep. And yeah. you know, like, cause I was that excited, like that excited. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, that's it's a, obviously a, a great opportunity for him to shine over the next five games and, the really good start. It was a great six, throw by Harburg to your point. Six, six 50, games. seven games, actually. We're, we're, we're four. We got the, three, we got, so there's I, well, there's seven five games. Plus we, one. Have the, we have the big West champion or we have the big 10 championship game and a bowl game. We do not want to be in the big 10 championship game. Right? Yes, we do. Who cares? That's see, okay. That's a good discussion. Can we talk about that? Because I saw a thing about Herd at where they did that. And I think we should Okay, talk let's about talk that. about it in the Scarlet Colored Glasses. I'm, I'm joking will. a little bit, but yeah. um, I can't. Um, anyway, it was a great throw by Harburg, probably 55 yards in the air, maybe 58. 40, it was a 40, it was a 44 yard touchdown. Yeah, but in the air. Oh, in the air, yeah, probably about 56 yards or so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's let's turn our attention to the defense uh, with our throwing the bone section. And that was a good segue because, uh, you know, Rob, you you mentioned there that after that score, it's uh, 17 to to six. And it felt like the game was over right now. The the defense did give up uh, three points uh, off of one one big play, which um, I believe was Malcolm Hartzog uh, tracks down. Uh, the 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 receiver and and made a, a tackle and then they held him to three right and that's yep. the difference between this team and other teams that would have been a, a walk in but the effort there the the ability to make up for a mistake and still make a play and then the defense responding and holding them to a field goal there keeps it to seventeen nine and um, it did feel like it was over Rob so it's, yeah you, let's, it's let's my least favorite there. word in the world now I'm going to use it man culture. You know, yeah. that defense is is a definition of the culture of what this team looks like right now. And that's heart, desire. That's the want to. You know what I mean? Like all these buzzwords I'm throwing out right yeah. now, corporate buzzword. But I mean, Hartzog, 
knew he got beat and immediately turned around and ran like a three, four 40 to catch <laughs> that guy. And I mean, and, and he, and he made it, and it wasn't just like, like a half assed effort either. I mean, he dove, he got him by the ankles, brought him down at what, like the 15 yard line, I think it was or so. And yeah, then I think we gave up like four yards in the next, in the next four plays. So, I mean, they aren't scientific, correct. <laughs> Boomer, Boomer, is, but, uh, Boomer yeah. calling out Rob, he just likes makes up numbers sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I made it up on purpose, but I mean, that's how fast Hartzog looked like he was running. He looked like he was running double speed compared to a wide receiver who's supposed to be the fastest guy on the field. Right. So, sure. I mean, for me, that's, for me, that's the kind of thing that I want to see. I love good defense too. I mean, I, that's, that, that just, that got me going, man. That's just watching this team this year and the way that they attack the ball, like every single tackle on every single run, there's, you know, at the end of that play, there's four, five, six guys on the ball right there. Like yep. these are not things that we've seen in the past because, you know, three, four guys are missing tackles. But the yeah. first guy's setting up the play already, right? Like even if he misses a tackle, he's still putting hands on the player and slowing him down enough to allow the other guys who are who are rushing the ball to to make and finish off that play. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. It's, it's almost like you kind of want the offense off the field just to see the defense play some more in, in, in some ways. Right. Well, I mean, you know, they, I think it was Ty Robinson that the post-game presser said it's fun, right. You know, they're, yeah. they're having fun out there. Uh, Boomer, you know, I think, you know, honky hasn't had a lot of fun on social media recently. That's why he's, he's off tonight. He's uh, a little tired of some of the the crazies out there. Hopefully um, we get them back because I like talking to the guy about football, but do you think honky knew who James Williams was before Saturday? Uh, we're just going to assume he does, you know, he stalks everybody. So <laughs> he, he probably did a bit, but uh, yeah, let, let's hope he comes back soon enough. He, he just needs a little time to decompress and, you know, have another idle week and I think he'll be back. So. Yeah. Yeah. But this, this defense is just throwing guys out there. James Williams, uh, someone who was on the scout team, a clear walk on from not even Iowa Western, Iowa Central, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, that sounds right. And, yeah. and he contributes uh, right off the bat. And uh, that, that D-line uh, looks like a machine out there. And uh, Talon, the polar bear, is playing at uh, darn near all Big Ten level right now. Oh, man. And, well, it's funny, too, because you said, does Honky know James Williams? I actually follow him on Twitter and tagged him immediately after that sack. Like You follow and, Honky on Twitter? Good for no, you. I follow James. I follow Williams. Oh. And, and, uh, and in the, it must have been from the locker room after the game. He actually liked my tweet and commented. So, you know. <laughs> I was Rob, like, the ultimate like, fanboy. There you go, man. There you go. I mean, that's <laughs> it's all paying off right now. It's all paying off finally. All right. So uh, back to talent. I'm asking you about polar bear. Uh, what do you think about uh, Nash and his his run of terror right now through the Big Ten West? He's absolutely dominating, and I think it, it helps that he has Ty Robinson with him that he can kind of yeah you know, some double teams with him and they can get in the backfield together. This D line is just opening a whole world of pain on these on this on these teams that we're playing. I mean, we had eight sacks and thirteen tackles for loss against Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, when when have we done that in the last you know ten years? When you know it's 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 just impressive what we're doing, and it, it just preaches to the like Rob likes to point out the culture that we are building here at Nebraska. <laughs> um, By the way, that's our second eight sack game of the season. Yep, we have. Well, Colorado allows eight sacks about it. Let's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's but true. the fact remains. I mean, it's still the second yeah. eight sack game I mean, of the season. 
They have the goal to get to 40, I think it was. I right? don't even and think we had 16 sacks all year last year. So probably not in the last several years combined, it feels like, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, it's beautiful. So, uh, it's, it, it's your guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Boomer, the, I mean, the defense is fun to watch, and uh, they're going to keep us in a, a whole bunch of games here. Um, you know, I think that. The rest of the Big Ten West is, is paying attention, though, and um, I'm sure that we're going to get the best of of some of these offenses here. You know, Purdue coming up, um, they might, you know, they've had a bye week. Um, do you expect Purdue to try to maybe throw some some wrenches uh, out there and, and see if they can kind of uh, surprise the defense a little bit? Yeah, I think you'd have to. I mean, granted, the, the best of the Big Ten West offenses is still not much, but uh, yeah. yeah, I they think if you're... You know, yeah, any team, I think, really what you have to do, you've, you know, got to try to stretch the field a little bit. And, you know, where teams have had success on the defense, it's been when they've been able to, to pass a bit on it. And you've got to have a, a line that can hold up and buy a little time for it. Northwestern didn't have that, and they were playing their backup quarterback. And, you know, the defense made certainly made them pay for that, you know, like I said, with eight sacks. And then the times when something would go right for Northwestern, they'd get, you know, turnovers and, and key plays or get down to the Nebraska red zone and then, they could hold them to field goals, you know, combine that with all the penalties that Northwestern was piling on, you know, being able to take advantage of those things is something, you know, this defense does in spades compared to, you know, the last few seasons where like, you know, Rob alluded to when something would go wrong, they would just let it go wrong and it would end up on a touchdown and eventually a loss. Yep. This defense doesn't do that, but yeah, I'd be curious to see what, what, you know, teams try. I think Purdue, you know, they're, they're not great at anything in particular, but we'll see no. what they do. I think Maryland will be an interesting test for the defense in a few weeks, but we'll cover that in a few weeks. You know, we're just taking this one game at a time, just like coach rule here. That's well, right. Hopefully no That's more true. Maryland coaches get arrested for DUIs between now and then. Well, given the big 10, God only knows what will happen to a coach next week. So yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. Uh, yeah, Talon, other uh, defensive standouts that you want to want to mention? I mean, it was uh, once again a, a banner day. No no touchdowns given up, three field goals. Um, I think it was, it was like, nice to have Reimer back. Uh, that's a huge, huge gap we were missing the last couple of weeks. I think our yep. D-line, Prince Wells playing well um, as a freshman, too. Uh, he's really stepping up. Um, you know, having uh, Len Hart come Len, is it Len yep. Hart? Yeah, he's him coming back and playing healthy is really big for us. He was having a really tremendous year for those first three games before he got hurt. But I think just getting all these guys back healthy on the defensive side of the ball is really going to help us progress through this uh, last five games of the year. Purdue scares me a little bit just because they're more of a pass-centric offense, and I think Hudson Carr can kind of get out of the pocket and make those uh, unscheduled throws, like kind of like J.J. Now, he's not J.J. McCarthy, but he can kind of make those throws. I mean, yeah. this did beat out. He's Grant. athletic. He's a big guy. Yeah. Um, played he at Texas. Nice yeah, four star guy. Last year, so uh, to start that season, yeah. though, I mean, you know, he's got a yeah. tremendous amount of talent. And they got four guys with over twenty catches this year. They got three guys with over three hundred yards receiving, um, and that's kind of our weakness on defense is, is the pass game. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, you know how we can kind of fix that and, and uh, make them as one dimensional as possible. So they they have to stand back, and we can get some uh, guys in the backfield. Yeah, I think we have to go after that quarterback. Uh, I mean, Hudson Card, I think he's throwing 1,600 yards. He he can sling it if you give him time. He's been beat up this year because they can't keep him upright, and we're going to have to try to get an eight more sacked. Uh, you know, Boomer, I think so. We, we, if we're going to win at least two, maybe three or four of these games, uh, the defense, 
kind of like an Iowa defense, might need to actually score some points occasionally. We haven't seen a lot of that, but this year would be a game potentially with a Purdue offense, maybe, maybe that's a tick better than Illinois or or Northwestern, where we might need seven points from those guys. So hopefully it's maybe a, um, a scoop and score or INT of some sort, but that would be a game changer, huh? Yeah, either that or a special team score would be nice too. We haven't seen that for quite a while and you know, neither is Iowa apparently, but uh, we'll cover that later too. But uh, well, they, they yeah. cheated to get that, obviously. Well, of course they did. Yeah, so we all know the truth. No, that would that would be a great help. You know, just to even take any more pressure off the offense to try to have to just hit that 17, 18, 19, 20 points that it seems like they just need to hit to win a game. But the defense could yep. could do that. So I mean, you know, we can win ugly, so that's fine. Let's just keep doing that this year and move on next year. Let's yeah, talk I mean, about special teams a little bit there, Boomer. Um, Alvano had a big kick in the win, 47 yards, and he he smashed that. Um, Tommy Hill had a, a, had a decent kick return. Now he's dinged up again. Um, but your point, I mean, you know, I mean, the punts have been been good, pretty good. I mean, you got to be pretty happy overall with special teams in this last game or two, huh? Yeah, I mean, there haven't been any catastrophic, you know, failures, which is okay. I, you know, we I still would like to see something better on the punt return, you know, game. Yeah, maybe we'll see some of the younger wide receivers have a shot at you know returning kicks, especially with Kemp and everybody else out. That you know, get them out there and give them a try at it. I mean, why not at this point? So, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. yeah. What do you got to lose? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> so... Uh, are we talking about the Purdue game yet? I, I kind of we've been just dabbling in it, Rob. Yeah, if yeah, you have yeah. something about going around, well, I was just, I was just, forward? I was just looking at some of the numbers, right? The comparative numbers of what, like, sure. you know, we give up, and so, and you guys were talking about the passing yards and and how the defense, you know, in, in the secondary, that's our one weakness. Well, I mean, we're giving up about two hundred and thirty-seven yards a game passing, whereas um, Purdue's giving up about two hundred and forty yards passing. Right. So it's pretty even right there. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, okay. I mean, and they, they they generally throw throw for about, well, they throw for actually less yards than we give up every year, right around the exact same amount. So that's about even, right. So I'll call that a wash. Right. But on defense, they're giving up 153 yards rushing um, a game and we're averaging 200. And then, you know, we're only giving up 76 yards rushing a game and them rushing. I mean, they're, you know, 90th in the country, at 140 yards, at give or take in rushing, right, where mm-hmm. we're averaging 200 yards. So it's like and they're giving up a lot of yards rushing. So advantage Nebraska, I guess, in that in that sense. Rob's right? fun with numbers. It is. Yeah. It is. And they're well, also the, the deep. I don't think he's making these entirely up. And we're <laughs> and we're uh, and we're giving up just under 19 points a game. Okay, as as a defense, mm. and and scoring they, just over and eighteen, and scoring just and scoring actually nineteen point three. So we're giving up about a half. We're taking a half a point per per game. Mm-hmm. But importantly, more importantly here is that um, Purdue allows about thirty points a game, and so their defense is not very good. So all right, the, all I right. think the key to the game when all is said and done is just continue our ground attack 
and continue time of possession is going to be huge in this one. And if we can go out there and rush for our 200 yards and we can put up some points and we can just, you know, not give up scoring opportunities like we didn't last game, we didn't really give up too many scoring opportunities, right? That if we can just play that game, I mean, we win this game probably by like, I'll, I'll call it, I don't want to say two scores, but a score and a half. How's that? Like, give or okay. take, right? More more than one score. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I my head's spinning with those numbers, Rob. I don't know if they really tell me a whole, whole lot. But, I mean, I, it did seem like you skipped the Purdue's passing yards per game compared to our no, our no i didn't i said we give up about 230 and they give and they and, have about 230 so it's even it's right. a wash so, it's, so we should expect to give up 230 yards to the yeah throwing, yeah is what you're telling me exactly um that's okay. that's what we usually give up all right well i mean it, it's uh, schedule to start the season too. i mean they've had wisconsin iowa ohio state uh illinois i mean they've had the bulk of the big 10 west and then probably one of the best teams in the country so they have been on, you know, home for four of their six games. I think there's four, four or five of their seven games. But they've they've had a tough schedule to come in. They played a yeah. pretty all right Syracuse team, um, and uh, the, probably one of the best teams of the group of five in Fresno State. So these yeah. teams, you know, they've had a tough schedule. They've played some good teams. Um, you know, we really haven't played. You know, we haven't played the bulk of the Big Ten West. We still have Wisconsin. We still have Iowa, uh, Maryland. Um, you know, they're going to be coming in looking, looking to beat us. So I, I think it's all just relative numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Happens, but. But that's a good point. I think, Alan. I I think, think on the red zone though, is where we're stronger on the pass too. I mean, how many, I don't know how many passing touchdowns, but like, yeah, we allow teams to get down the field, but once they get into the red zone, we've been clamping down really well yeah. on a lot of those teams. And that's kind of an area where I think we'll be able to take advantage this weekend, you know, yeah, at least keep, that's what uh, keep yeah. keeping teams from scoring seven and, you know, we'll let them have three and, and figure it out as we go. I think that's that's a very good point, yeah. Rob. Ben, don't break. I think is yeah. We we kept that. Northwestern out of the end zone, and we did. Uh, that that made a huge difference, right? Yeah. Those three field goals were even even two of them were were touchdowns. That'd be a completely different game. So, um, yep, I think it's something that we'll need to continue to to deliver on. All right, anything else uh, on the defensive breakdown or special teams? All right, well, let's uh, transition to scarlet-colored glasses and just talk a little bit about um, the big picture in the Big Ten West um, and how Nebraska football fits into that. Because as Rob likes to drink the Kool-Aid, you know, I mean, we are as just as much as anyone else a contender in the Big Ten West this year, sitting at, at four and three. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is an opportunity. We talked a couple of weeks ago before the Illinois game is like, you know, I mean, want to beat Illinois if we don't we got to go and beat Northwestern and Purdue well we did beat Illinois and we have taken care of Northwestern this is the chance to win three in a row for the first time since 2016 16 yeah um and uh first time to get to five and three um for since then since and, Talon, since before Talon was born <laughs> it just feels that way Rob it does it, just it feels does. that way it does. um and so huge opportunity here. Um, you know, I think Purdue does uh, give us a little different challenge in the last two, uh, but it's still out there. It's a home game. And then you go up to East Lansing and you try to knock each one of these off. So, Rob, I mean, give us our big dose of Kool-Aid here. And how are we going to keep keep this uh, train going and, and play meaningful games in November? Well, you know, after the after the Illinois one, too, like um, I 
actually never had a it's weird and it's the first time i felt this way even that even with the start in the northwestern game i never felt like that was a game we were going to lose i i honestly felt like that was a game we were going to win um i thought the point spread was actually a little bit big and i was right in that one but i mean at the same time we won the game it was you know i mean it, it was hard fought it was a little sloppy but that's just how big big west football is right now right so mm-hmm. um so i think we kind of continue that trend into this week our defense is still going to carry us but i think the offense you know it feels like they're growing as we move along hopefully again we talked about it the scripted plays are more to Harvard's strengths not weaknesses if we can work that out continue that control the ball then we go into east lansing next week and you know hopefully we win that four in a row I mean, holy cow. And we're bowl eligible. Boom. Right. And then I think pressure's off and the pressure's off. And then you said it before, Dave, like at that point, anything can happen in those last three games. You know, we can beat Maryland. Absolutely. We can beat Maryland. You know, we can beat Wisconsin. I think I've watched Wisconsin like three times this year and, and they are not that great of a team. Now I say that and they'll probably come in and now put up 80 against us, but <laughs> yeah, but, and then, Thanks, course, Rob. and then of course, you know, I was a rival and they're playing in Lincoln. So yeah, anything can happen. And, yeah. you know, and then from there, I mean, if we went out, let's, let's say we went out, we'll, more than likely be in the in the Big Ten championship. Yes. That okay. Would be correct. And I know you said no, we don't want to do that because we get blown out. And there was a really interesting discussion that Herdat had on earlier with some of their guys in one of their shows. And it's like, well, what's the value in that? Like what does that do to the team? You know what? They're there. And those guys will take especially after it'd be you cool know, to win the Big Ten West and it last would year. and be at that game and and be able to and just be able to have that experience because you got to get there. It's a, and we'll be able to have the title of Big West champions, Big Ten West champions forever. Yep. Nobody else. There's, there was a Minnesota fan on Twitter saying that they can't let that happen. You know, just just allow Nebraska fans to constantly we'll, say we'll we're the forever last there. Big Ten West, <laughs> the reigning Big Ten West champions for eternity. Somebody has to step we up and stop this. Big so, Twelve North yeah. champions. Um, you know, before we left, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, and, Boomer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I anything's possible. This offense. You, you know, if the defense keeps on playing the way it does, and the team that we're playing. I mean, outside of Maryland, there's no offense that really scares anything out of you. And, and Maryland is at home and has been inconsistent. And I mean, there's just been some some games where you know Wisconsin was able to to patch together a win last week. They should have lost to Illinois, though. Maryland lost to Illinois, right? Am I am I not remembering that correctly? I mean, like, and we that was right after we beat Maryland, uh, Illinois, twenty to seven, and really handled them, and could have easily scored more if we weren't turnover prone and with an inexperienced quarterback and a beat up offense. Um, and they went and beat Maryland. Right. So I, I don't know how good Maryland really is, but all I know is that we can keep on winning games. We are, you know, going to put together a, a surprising season. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the 2009 season where that offense just kind of stunk. It just never really could do anything, but we were smart enough to not let it get in the way of the defense. And ultimately, that team won nine games because the defense was that good, right? And I, I don't know if our defense is that good, but maybe we get over six because that defense is um, maybe the best in the West. Yeah, and like I said, I, you don't, we don't know if the defense is as good as the 2009 one was, but we know the offenses we're facing aren't anywhere near what yeah. 2009 no, offenses were. Not, not at all. Be that good. You know, pieces just kind of seem to be falling into place for 
amazing to say this for Nebraska to win out, you know, this season. I know Matt Rule should isn't listening to this and probably shut us off nope. since we're talking more than one game at a time. But you can listen to it in the offseason, Coach. That's fine. He said it's okay for the fans to do yeah, that. Fans can do it, yeah. But players, I'll send, I'll send this to him. I think I have his email okay. somewhere. Yeah, that's very <laughs> catch him later. But you know, like you said, the things just kind of kind of fall in. You know, you we're catching teams at the right time. You know, you catch Northwestern with their backup quarterback. You know that that works. You know, Sparty's in disarray. Purdue's you know got a new head coach this year too, and they're not great. You know, we're gonna play Maryland coming off of Penn State, and then they go to Michigan after us. I mean, that's probably the best time to play Maryland. Really, you're they're you know likely gonna yeah. lose to Penn State, and then they they always slump at the end of the year. So it's a sandwich game for them, them, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The sandwich game in that, and then you know, like Rob said, Wisconsin hasn't looked great on offense. They've struggled in a lot of games. They're just still trying to figure out what they want to be. And Iowa, you know, bound to wave off some play they should have scored on. And, you know, they're able to screw that up. But, you know, it can work. But, again, like you said earlier, Dave, all these games are losable, too. I mean, we've kind of been yeah. walking a fine line with turnovers in games. That's been a big problem. We're turning the ball over a lot and even nearly turning it over even more. We're just having to be falling on the fumbles a lot more than we were earlier on the season. If that you know, if they can't hold on to the ball and that flips one of these games, you're turning the ball over five times a game. It's going to be hard for any defense to keep up in that. You know, yeah. as great as they are, you you, you just got to stop doing that, putting your defense in that that big of a bind. At some point, they're they're not going to be able to do that every play, and you're going to have to have a hard time keeping up. But if you can control those turnovers, you know, penalties weren't terrible against Northwestern. Northwestern's penalties were way worse than ours. Yeah, they were. Play that game smart. You know, as hurt as we are, other teams have a lot of injuries too, so just play to the strengths you have. Every one of these games is on paper winnable, so there's no reason you can't. And do you want to play Michigan again in, you know, the Big Ten Championship? Eh, they might get banned from it before we get there. Who knows? So. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just get the second-place team in the, in the East. Yeah. That's not going to be a chance. It's not like it's Penn State, State or Ohio State or anything. Yeah, no. no worries there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Talon, I mean, this is all fun. This is what being a fan is. You get to, like, dream a little bit, and this may be our best week to, to do it. Um, but – Look, the challenge out there is this week with Purdue, and uh, you know that's going to be uh, uh, enough of a of a chore. But do, do you see this team still having enough um, enough personnel to to make this run? I mean, maybe it's the, the the injuries that hold us back from trying to make a run at the Big Ten West. I think as long as our defense can kind of stay healthy. I mean, we've been rotating so many guys, so it's nice to see that you know. No, None of our guys are playing an entire game of football on the defensive side. We're playing a lot of yeah. Guys. Rotations are amazing, really. Yeah, and, and we're those guys are stepping up. Those used, young guys are absolutely playing lights out. So yeah. it's I'm not the all line scares me a little bit, but the receiver situation I don't think we're, we're not a passing team anyway, so it doesn't really matter in that sense. We just need them to kind of go out, block, and make a couple catches yeah. here and there, you know. And, and if Malachi can yeah. keep you know being that deep threat for us, I think that'd be huge with the play action and and having him sneak out. Um, yeah, I think we control our own destiny. It scares me that we can get to a Big Ten championship game because we might have to play with Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State. But I think that's really good experience for these young guys and, and you know, build in for next year where we can sit there and say, hey, we're Big Ten champs or Big Ten West champs. You know, we had a Sure, champ. sure, yeah, first year. That would be amazing. I Still, still not going to get to that expectation. But, Boomer, I'm just talking about bowls. That would be just be fun to actually theorize where we're going. And you know that – um all the bowls that have big 10 um alliances with with the conference will be chomping at the bit to get nebraska because the fan base has not been to a bowl in seven years and we are going to flock to that thing don't you think 
Oh, I think so. As long as, yeah, even if it's like what the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit in de- de- December, you know, I think fans will yeah. even show up to that at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, we were predicting just, USC at a bowl game. So <laughs> I know I saw the Citrus Bowl somewhere. I'm like, man, I'd take <laughs> Vegas or Phoenix or anything, right? But I mean, if I mean, we if we went to Vegas, I Music just City? booked I just booked a trip to Vegas today because 311 day tickets went on sale this morning. Well, congratulations, Ron. Well, thank you. Thank you. But I mean, I'll go to Vegas two times in one year. I don't care. And <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah, I saw uh, projection bowl versus Toledo, but you know, hey, it's a bowl. So I'd, I'd, and I'd rather see Nebraska play in the Raiders stadium than the Raiders play in the Raiders stadium, right? <laughs> the Raiders now. barely play in that stadium from what I've Oh seen. my gosh. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're yeah. not good, but there'll be more just, Nebraska. You know, fans just hitting that bowl and getting those fans. extra practices would be huge for this team going into yeah, the practices year, would so. be huge. Yeah. Culture yeah. building. We've missed out on that for mm-hmm. six years now, and that's tough, you know, when you're trying to get a program up and turned around, you know. Yeah, that's just yeah. an oddity of college football. We can discuss on another show, but yeah, yeah, race really to, want six. to get to that. Yeah, let's get to yeah. six and we'll go from there. All right, guys, anything else on Nebraska specific? Nope. All right, let's head to the BetCast. The BetCast picks of the week. All right, guys, and uh, you know, um, I'll come back to Nebraska because we'll save that to the end, but let's. Let's start with uh, Talon's favorite team, one of his, her, his favorite teams, Oklahoma. Um, Point favorites going to Lawrence, dreaded Lawrence, Kansas, where it's just so hard to get out of out of there with a victory. Um, I'm putting the over unders on these tier two guys. This is 65 and a half. Oklahoma favored by 10. Talon, you've been on a streak with these guys. What do you think? Well, I'm going to take OU to win. I think Kansas will cover. Um, I, is Jalen? Does anyone know if Jalen Daniels is playing? I think that's that's the biggest difference. If he plays, I think he can keep them in games. If not, I think mm-hmm. the third and fourth quarter, I think OU's defense can kind of put that game away. Um, they struggled against UCF, but UCF was getting their quarterback back, and I think he's he's for real. With uh, John Rice Plumley is a really good quarterback. Yep. So, um, I think UCF is better than three and four this year, uh, but I'll take Kansas to cover if Jalen's playing. All right, so keep it close. Boomer. Yeah, I would wait on that till you get the final, you know, reports of who's who's playing, who isn't. So I wouldn't take it this early unless you're super confident one way or the other. Um, you know, both those teams are putting up about 30 points at over-under. Oh, boy, I'd probably shy away from that. I, I would agree Oklahoma wins this game. 10 points could be a lot, though. So right now, if you, if I had to bet, I'd probably go Kansas to cover. But OU wins if you're going money line. So, yeah. Jayhawk backers, Rob. Yeah, I honestly, this one it's a tough one because I would probably take the under on the sixty-five and a half. I don't like the the even ten on this. I'd probably buy it down to like nine and a half and just go with it if I was going to go with the point spread on that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'd take OU on the money line. Um, depending on where it's at, too. I mean, what what's the money line going to look like on it's that? Huge. One well, it's huge. So, it's ten yeah. points. It's yeah. So I mean, it's not going to be profitable at all, right? Like a couple yeah. of pennies on the dollar. So. I mean, again, that your best bet would probably be to buy it down to like nine and a half and, you know, go from there. Yeah, I could look at uh, like an OU first half. We The first half numbers aren't out yet. It's probably at maybe four and a half, I'm going to guess. It's usually maybe five and a half, but it's going to be under that touchdown. And um, so that'd be maybe an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's head to the Big Ten and uh, oh, another uh, beautiful game here. Sparty versus the Gophers. Michigan State heading into Minneapolis. Minnesota's seven-point favorites over under at 40. 
who wants to take a stab at this one? Well, it's the Big Ten West taking under on that one right away. Michigan State might as well be in the Big Ten. Anything over thirty-five, anything over thirty-five points, take the under. Um, Yeah. You know, and I again, I don't like that even seven. I never like that even seven with, especially with a Big Ten West game. Um, you know, so I'd probably take Sparty to cover because it's probably gonna be like a three point game at the end of the game, and both teams are just gonna be ugly. All right, Talon, I think I'm gonna take Minnesota to cover that seven. I think open Sparty's wheels got, are falling off. I mean, they just got demoralized at home by Michigan. What was it, 42 to seven or something like that? 49 to was nothing, it, they, they nothing. got, shut they got out. Shut out, they didn't score at all. I thought they I figured they'd put up one touchdown, I guess not. I'll take yeah. Minnesota to cover. I think they're coming off a huge win. First time beating uh, Iowa since like the 90s. 99, I think that was. Is that right? Yeah. My goodness. Florida like, uh, Roseville's been in Iowa for that long. Is that right, Boomer? My goodness. Yes, it has. I think uh, Fleck was still in high school, he said, last time they'd won it. So that's <laughs> depressing in a lot of ways. Yeah. That is so depressing take, in many ways. I'll take Minnesota to cover that. I don't think, I don't think the Spartans got anything left. Minnesota still in the Big Ten West race, no doubt about it. Boomer, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is the type of game Minnesota chokes and blows at some point <laughs> in the season, kind of like they did against Northwestern earlier. Yeah. Frankly, if they hadn't lost to Northwestern, they'd have the inside shot at the yeah. Big Ten West. They'd probably it skate would. into it. But uh, Michigan State's just not hey, good. If we I didn't mean, lose to Minnesota, we'd have the inside or shot. Or that too, yeah. but, you know. Yeah. But, uh, uh yeah, Michigan State's just a, been a bad team. I, I don't know if I trust Minnesota to score a whole hell of a lot, but I don't think Michigan State is either. You might take the under on this one. I could see Minnesota winning this by four, three points, something like that. Of course, I could see them losing, too, the way they always go. But, uh, yeah, I think it. I'd probably bet the under on this and maybe Sparty to cover because it's going to be a low-scoring affair. This isn't going to be a shootout by any stretch of the imagination. And Yep. I think I'm, yeah. I might take the under myself. That seems like way to go. Uh, world's largest uh, outdoor cocktail party, um, Georgia, Florida. Uh, over under 47. Dogs are favored by 14 and a half. Is this still played in Jacksonville, right, Boomer? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess it's at Florida, but it's actually a neutral site. I presume it's 50 50. Uh, what do you think here, Boomer? Uh, and what cocktail would you make for the game? Well, I'd have to check the weather just to see, you know, do I want something in a little warmer or, you know, for warm weather or cooler weather? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be cool here this weekend. So we'll cover that when we get to our game. Um, yeah, for this, I don't know. Georgia, they've been sluggish all year, but they've kind of started to turn a few things around these last couple, couple of weeks, you know, smacking Kentucky around and, you know, had a warm up game against Vanderbilt basically before this one. God, they didn't do anything in that game. It was a miserable yeah. game to watch. It was. You know, I don't love 14 and a half, you know, as Rob would say. I know Florida's yep. coming off the hooks a, got you there. A shootout versus South Carolina. So I could see Georgia winning this by, you know, 13 pretty easily. You know, maybe a late score by Florida cuts it to that. You know, I take Georgia to win, but just, just because it's Georgia and, you know, the SEC's going to let All them right, in. Boomer's but, taking ga- the Gators in the backdoor cover, it sounds like. Talent. I think so. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that'd be – if I would have bet it, that's where I'd go. I don't know. Georgia doesn't have Brock Bowers playing. Um, he's going to be yeah. out for four or five weeks, maybe six. Um, I'll take – I'll take uh, I'll take Florida to cover this one, and I'll take the under. I think it's going to be a close game. 
you know, Florida played, uh, you know, they kind of, yeah, I'll take, I'll take Florida to cover. That's all I got to say. Cause I, I just don't right. know. Rob, what do you think? Man, this could be the game that ruins the SEC's chances to get into that's what you're hoping the, for. the championship game, right? Like, so I'm looking oh, Florida to win Florida to win this, Georgia to lose the SEC championship game. Neither Georgia nor Alabama makes the makes the uh college football playoffs. If they both go on with season one over loss, for but... all the SEC. That's it. Just because you know the Pac 12 gets two teams in and the Big Ten gets <laughs> and the big the Big Ten teams, teams get in. and and the Big Ten gets two teams in and then um... that's it. Right there. All right. Everybody, we'll, we'll, we'll everybody wins. Yeah. <laughs> Rob's betting advice. Always from the gut. <laughs> no, um, really though, really though, I I this it just feels like a game because it's not being talked about as, as much as it usually is, right? Like watching all the shows, everything like that. It's the kind of game where like Florida shows up and wins, right? Like that's just kind of mm-hmm. the way that things tend to go in the SEC sometimes. And and I kind of have that weird feeling about it. So which means put all the house on Georgia. Yeah. Rob's gut is speaking. Always, yes, always, yeah. Okay, uh, let's head out to that vaunted Pac-12, and you've got uh, Oregon with the hook uh, on the right side here, potentially uh, at, at minus six and a half at Utah. We know Cam Rising is finally off; he's not going to come back for Utah. Uh, over under at forty-eight and a half. Uh, seems seems maybe a little high considering Utah's defense is their strength. Uh, Rob, uh, what, what do you think here, Ducks? Utes. Oh yeah, ducks to ducks to cover and then some. Um, okay. I just right. yeah, I think uh, you know Utah coming off that win against USC, that's kind of their you know what they do, right? I mean they sure. beat USC, but I think Oregon is on a mission right now. Um, this could be you know this could be their year to make it to the playoffs, and I think that they are not going to stray on that mission to a team like Utah right now. All right, all right. Well, I mean Utah. Uh, keeps on finding ways to win, but um, uh, you know, and Oregon did lose to Washington. Pac-12 is kind of beating themselves up. Uh, Talon, thoughts here? I'm going to take uh, Oregon. Oregon to cover. I think it's going to be kind of a defensive matchup the first three three uh, three quarters, and I think Oregon's offense pulls away. Utah was in that game because USC's defense is utterly atrocious. I mean, they can't. Utah's offense before that game. Look very pedestrian yeah. in the game that they played, and USC's de- USC's defense is the reason why they are not going to be going to a Pac-12 championship game this year. Yep, I'll sure. take uh, I'll take Oregon to cover in this one in the fourth. All right, can we make it three for three, Boomer? Yeah, I think I'll agree with that. I think Oregon wins this game. I think they'll cover. Um, you know, Oregon had the the tough game with Washington that they lost. That was a heartbreaker, but they rebounded well against Washington State, which was a you know dangerous team they could have easily lost to. And they won that by it was double digits. Wasn't 16. It? Yeah, they, they almost covered for me. I had them at 20. They had yeah. it at 22, and then they gave up a late touchdown. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree. I don't think Utah could, quite has the offense to keep up with it, and their defense is good, but I don't know if it'll keep Oregon from scoring. No one giving uh, the home field advantage any credence here? Utah. Yeah, you know, the altitude is there, but it's not like it's Wyoming or anything. So, yeah. I agree. Ah. They, they, they tend to win at home, man. They do. They do. But you know, we'll go with the Ducks for this. And, you know, I might set up a good rematch later at the end of the year, Washington, Oregon for the, the Pac 12 titles. Sure. All right, uh, let's uh, hit, hit a few of these. Just to speak to it if you're interested. Uh, this is actually a ranked matchup. I can't believe that. Duke at uh, Louisville. Are we, um, this, is this a basketball game? 
It should be. Um, it would make a good one. Uh, Louisville spread, it, by spread indicates it and in everything, right? Like, <laughs> well, the over-under maybe. The over-under doesn't, but yeah. And Louisville basketball last year was horrendous, but uh, they are favored by four here at home. Is it still called Papa John Stadium? Um, and over-under at 46. Anybody excited about this one? I I think Duke. You know, Duke's not a terrible team, right? They beat Clemson. Well, Riley Leonard's been yeah. beat up, though. Uh, he came back, but then had to leave in that game last week. So I think the question is, does, does Duke have the quarterback or not? You know? yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, no, I have no interest in this game. I mean, I, I had to pick it in um, our pick'em league that, we, that we're in, Dave, and I took yep. Duke because – there, nobody's picking Duke, so I picked Duke because those are the games mm, I've been winning this year. Strategic, no, no one. Good I mean, the the oh, thing I, is, it's percentages like how many people in the league are picking this team or uh, whatever. Like it's a green and red bar, and the green bar is heavy Louisville on really? that one. So, I don't. Yeah. Know. I think you know, Duke I, completely squashed NC State with a backup quarterback, and Louisville played them tough. Uh, Duke's defense is for real. I think. Yeah, they they're good too. Anyone, and they really probably should have almost won. If Riley Leonard State was in that game last last week against Florida State, they probably win that game. Uh, yeah, 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 they were up. Yeah, I think Duke's defense is for real, and I think they they win this game. All right, all right, we'll we'll, we'll run with that. That's uh, okay. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vols trying to bounce back. They had Alabama right where they wanted them, and then got curb stopped in the second half. Over under 51 and a half. Boomer, Rob, Talon, anybody jumping on the vault here? I mean, I did. I picked them to I picked them to win and cover. I mean, that's I mean, 51 and a half seems really, really high for any SEC. Seem matchup, high. Really. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tennessee a touchdown, touchdown win isn't something that would surprise me in any way possible. So I mean, I know it's mm-hmm. at Kentucky, but I think that's the only reason it's three and a half and not higher. Like, yeah, yeah, I think I probably agree with that. I mean, Tennessee's okay. That you know, that second half against Alabama was god awful. They just completely let that game get away from. Them. But Kentucky's just coming off, uh, you know, getting throttled by Georgia, and they lost to Missouri a couple yeah. weeks ago. I, 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 yeah, I think they had last week off. But yeah, they they haven't looked good these last couple games against you know decent opponents. And yeah, I think Kentucky or Tennessee can win this by you know cover that spread three and a half. All right, uh, let's head back out west. Air Force, 7-0 for the first time since 1977 or something like that. It was some crazy number. Um, and trying to keep it up. Uh, coming to Fort Collins, over under at 48 and a half. Uh, Colorado State uh, has been covering, but not always winning. Uh, what do you think here? Falcons uh, can cover at nine? Are you asking me or asking Skip? <laughs> well, I think Skip would probably take Air Force. Basically, he, he I think he would his own team. Yeah, he yeah he bets against him all the time. He's a he's the Vegas Jer of the CSU fan base, right? Like, <laughs> you know, you know, bet the bet the other team so that way at least you can feel good by winning some money. Um, yeah. you know, but I mean, nine Air Force nine over CSU. I mean, which CSU team are we gonna see? You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of the problem yeah. is that they have been Jekyll and Hyde all season long. Sure, um, sure. but I mean, and Air Force didn't cover last week, and I mean, it's just tough yeah. for an academy team, even an Air Force team that's it's pretty darn good, and that run is a run heavy team to really yeah. cover big numbers, right? You know, yeah. so the nine is important to be under ten, but. 
it still still seems. To be is it is it higher altitude in Colorado Springs or in uh, you know Fort Collins? Because well, yeah, I'm just kidding. I do. Yeah, they, they have to be very close. I think Air Force is actually the second highest after wyoming so i think air force is yeah. slightly higher elevation well, yeah and for that. those listening that don't realize that they're about two hours apart two and a half hours apart yes in the state of colorado Which, so in, in state of colorado you can have a, a huge train difference in two and a half hours right? you really uh, can you really uh, can I mean, colorado springs is uh, 1000 feet higher than fort collins there you so. go there you, there you go. go i mean not insignificant so there you no have it, it is know? not they're gonna be it'll be like they running out in california god <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll see you there, I guess. A uh, couple more, and let's get out of here. Uh, big one in the Big Ten here, night game. Ohio State going to Camp Randall, uh, favored by fourteen and a half over Whiskey, over under at forty three and a half for I mean Ohio State team. That's really low, but I mean they have do not have the same offense they've had in the past. Talent, what do you think, Buckeyes, Badgers? I, I don't believe in Wisconsin's offense. Ohio State's defense is one of the best in the country. Uh, we they sh- I think Penn State's offense is way better than Wisconsin's. And yeah. Let them down. Um, I'll take Ohio State to cover. I, I just think that team's way too good. Wisconsin doesn't have enough offense. They lose their their other running back, and aren't they down to their backup quarterback now too? Is it? Yep, Mordecai? that's right. Mordecai's out. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't see Wisconsin game it'll be one of those ohio state you know where they're kind of thinking they're going to play tough and then ohio state comes out and bludges them so i'll take ohio state to cover all right buckeyes boomer yeah i'd, I'd kind of agree with that i think it's might play it a little more like the maryland game um i think sure. it might be a little close for a quarter or two since you got the camp randall effect and you know wisconsin try to keep the ball away from them but ohio state will pull away in the second half and probably win by 20 or so would be my prediction on this one so all right Rob, what's your gut telling you? I think Ohio State comes out, lays a whooping on them, takes away Wisconsin and uh, will to live, and Wisconsin doesn't win another game the rest of the year. I, mean, <laughs> I kind of doubt that, but um, looks like uh, we had a, a commenter there. Who is that? 398? Uh, uh, three deep 98. Like in Wisconsin and the points. All right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've, I'll need to do more research on this one. Um, and look, I mean, trends, but okay, so maybe they win Indiana and Northwestern, but they're not beating Nebraska and Minnesota. How's that? <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll find <laughs> out. Well, let's talk about Nebraska a little, little bit here. Uh, Purdue comes to town, uh, another early afternoon game. Nebraska right now, favored by two and a half. I think that's still holding, um, over under at 40. Um, as Nebraska game has been trending, I definitely look at the under on that. Um, Rob, I know you like the two and a half. Boomer, Talon, do. what do you think? I'm going to take us to cover. Uh, okay. Think, I don't think there's going to be a ton of points scored. I think we find a way to win by seven. Against Purdue. I think our defense is going to shut them down. I think we're going to struggle in the first half to kind of figure out their pass game, but I think in the second half we'll be able to slow them down. They're not going to have a run game. I think we've proven that against these other teams. This is more of an arid, arid scheme with a little, little – they like to try to bounce it out a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'll take Nebraska by seven. All right. Boomer? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, you know, the weather is going to be it's right now calling for rain and cold. I think this is going to be kind of a slow game. Little, you know, yeah. yeah, a lot of just uh, – unless Satterfield, you know, gets hit in the head of the tack hammer, you know, hopefully he'll run the ball, you know, a reasonable amount and just hold on to the ball. I think this will end up being a, you know, 20-7 to seven type win, I think, for Nebraska. If, if Purdue gets seven at all, they might get six or nine or something weird number like that. But, 
yeah, I, I'd feel okay with Nebraska. I don't usually bet the Huskers, and since our state is still thinks it's 1952, we're not allowed to bet in a Husker home game here. So I'll that's have right. to leave it up to you guys. Yeah, right. and, and and if and if Sack gets hit with a tack hammer, I just want to put it out there that it was not Boomer. Okay, right. <laughs> Pure coincidence. No, that uh, guy. That guy does nothing but work and go home. So there's no <laughs> way it's gonna be him. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, the two and a half is a really small number. So if you like the Huskers, I totally get taking it. It is a little concerning to me that's that low and it hasn't moved. Uh, just in the sense, you know, I think it was at three and got down to two and a half. Um, you know, on a neutral site, you're telling me it's this is a, a pick 'em or maybe Boilermakers by one, produce two and five. Talon's point, they've had a, a tougher tougher schedules than, than, than some of the other uh, opponents we've played. So it could I think just be maybe Vegas that, not believing that Nebraska can win three in a row because they haven't done it in so long. Yeah. Too. I mean, and then maybe the injury you know, report probably played a role in that too. Keep it down. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it all adds up. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, I think we can win, but, um, and I mean, two and a half is pretty much taking a money line, right? So, I mean, I think you can, you can, you can do that if you like it, but. It, it, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I think it, and Purdue will come out out of their their bye week ready to go. So, well, the last good. time that I couldn't watch a game, all right, we blew that team out. That was the Northwestern game three years ago. So I was at a I was at a three eleven show this weekend. Well, this weekend I will be in Disneyland listening to the game on the radio like I was that Northwestern game. All bets are off, man. I'm telling you, we're going to blow them out. Well, if we score touchdowns, you have to go to wonderful. Uh, it's a wonderful world every single time we score a touchdown. Uh, actually, small world is closed right now for renovations. What? The small yeah. world is closed. Trust me, man. I, my four-year-old daughter is that, so head, that song will get in your head, Rob. You know, it, it already is. We listen to it in the car daily. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, let's get out of here with some parting shots, and uh, let's start with talent. So I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. I think we're gonna win these next couple games. I think we're gonna split the Wisconsin Iowa game. I I I'll be sure. okay if we lose to Wisconsin, but we can't lose to Iowa this year. That'd be the one thing. Um, I think the Big Ten West is gonna be kind of a carousel. I think teams are just gonna kind of beat up on each other, and it's gonna be down to us, Iowa, and Wisconsin to go to a Big Ten championship game. Um, I don't think it matters who plays in that Big Ten championship game. They're gonna get smoked. It's gonna be rough, but uh, I think we can we can win. Uh, I think we only lose one the rest of the year. That's gonna be to Wisconsin. All right, all right. Uh, it's, that's a hot take right there. That's a hot take. All right, Boomer, what do you have for your shot? Yeah, I uh, just don't know what he's saying. I don't know how that shakes out. I have to do the math, you know, because even if we lose to Wisconsin, they still have to play Ohio State, and you know, there's a lot of yeah. After this week, yeah, yeah the tiebreakers, the Big Ten West, it could just be some bizarre. Series of numbers we'll have to put Rob on to calculate with his scientific. Uh, yeah, you don't want that. I'll, I'll put my daughter on it to calculate. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll, we'll like figure that out. Down to to Rob us. playing pinochle versus the mascot of yep. you know. Somebody, I, so. My grandfather taught me how to play. I'm really good at it. So yeah, good. So all right. Yeah. And the the other big shout out I want to give out is to uh, you know, Nebraska volleyball. You know the the weekend match against Wisconsin. Yes. I mean that Phenomenal. was just epic volleyball to watch and. The viewership that had, I mean, it outdrew the Great football. Great TV ratings. You know, yeah, we yeah. were the Husker football was the lead-in to to a volleyball yeah. matchup of epic proportions, and you know, it's great to see that sport slowly building that recognition it deserves, and just you know, the rematch later in this the year, hopefully, it'll draw this you know even better viewers at that point, and I'm likely to meet again in the postseason. So, 
again, congrats to the Husker women volleyball number one in the country, and let's just keep keep rolling with that. So, yeah, we're absolutely. a volleyball school, so. <laughs> volleyball state, right? I love that idea that too. Yep. Uh, all right, Rob, get us out of here. Well, since we're talking about volleyball, we, went, we may as well bring up women's soccer as well because they also have a share of the champ of the Big Ten championship there. Is, and I think they're ranked number two in the Big Ten tournament, I believe, or if there is one. Number so, two seed. Okay, um, yeah. Number two seed. That's right. So, I mean, great job. Good, great job, ladies. Nebraska is a women's sports school, and, and we're not afraid to admit it right now. And, uh, you know, the football team can only aspire to be as great as you. Um, Troy asked a question on here to get put up and it's, you know, what, what's your message to the wet blankets in the fan base? And quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, they should just put themselves out to dry right now, hang it up, <laughs> hang it up, oh, hang man. it up a little bit, maybe throw yourself through the cycle one or two times, because the fact of the matter is, is this team is doing something right now that we haven't seen in a while, which is winning again, four and one in our last five games. Right. And somehow some of these people are still managed to come out and cry about wins. And if you're one of those people, like you may just want to find a new hobby because Nebraska football is not going to be for you right now during this rebuilding process. Yeah, no, I, hear you. I mean, this is, this is a good off season talk. I mean, I think some of this is rooted in, in our blue bud status and some fans just can't ever, you know, accept anything beyond um, great football. And I mean, you know, offense isn't, isn't quite there yet, but, uh, the culture is being set. Um, it is coming along, um, and I think there's you know, bright days ahead here. You know, if we can get the six wins with this type of beat up roster, this coaching staff is doing really good work, and that's what we yeah. wanted for a long time. Imagine what and, we'll do with more depth and another year to build that roster. Yeah. Up. You know, it's a young roster, exactly. right? We yep. don't have a ton of older guys on there and bring in some more transfers, to, you know, in, in some key positions. And yeah. that 24 class we got coming it's year one. It's, it's tits, man. They're so good. That 24 class looks great. we got a ton of kids in Nebraska, kids who want to wear the N. They grew up yeah. rooting for the end. I mean, this is what Nebraska football is built on. It's the foundation of this program. And oh. – Rule is just doing it the right way and drink the rule aid people. Come on, man. Wake up. This is how. All right. That's great, Rob. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Well, guys, that was a fun show. Uh, um, I think we got some winners on the bets and I think we've definitely broken down where the, the offense and defense is at. Uh, let's go out there and get a win versus the Boilermakers uh, on Saturday. And for now, let's call that a, another go big red cast. Go big red. Heard at Sports Network Production. All right, good show.